Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. All right. My goal today is to not preach longer than the Holy Spirit. That's my goal. As I know, we're celebrating these kids today, and uh, they're wanting to get to the water park. Hopefully, no storm messes that up. Last week, I shared a verse in the message that today I would like to use as our text. Now, we used it last week talking about money, but I want to pull a principle from it. And so uh, it, it mentions money, but we want to pull a principle from it. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this word. Help me to say that which you are saying to your people. Help me to share your heart with your intention for your purpose with your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Moses tells the children of Israel they had been blessed in a lot of ways, not just financially. We really want to take the focus today off the financial part and look at the heart of God here. They had been blessed in a whole lot of ways. And how many of you know that when you get through the fight, when you get through the lack, when you get through the tragedy, and things are going okay, many times people forget God that got them through the tragedy that got them through the fight, that got them over. How many times has somebody been sick in body and without a touch from God, they would have absolutely died? And they pray and say, oh God, we need a miracle. We have to have a miracle or it's over. And then they go to the doctor and then all of a sudden the doctor says, hey, nothing's wrong. And then the people say, oh, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. No, it was that big of a deal. And God healed you. God performed a miracle in your body. Listen, when you pray in an impossible situation and then you get a good report, don't throw God in the trash all of a sudden. Say, thank you, Jesus. Doctor, God did this. No, the first report was, you know how doctors always have to fake it out after God moves? Well, I think we read it wrong. You didn't read it wrong. You read these every day. God showed up, and he's still in the miracle-working business. Don't throw God out when things get easy. Don't forget who did it. And that's what Moses is telling them. 
He says, beware. He says, I'm warning you. Beware lest you would say in your heart that through your own power you did it. That because of the strength of your own hand you did it. That you are a self-made man. That you're a self-made woman. That somehow it was your smarts that got you where you were at. Somehow it was what you did to get you where you were at. Well, it wasn't working until you invited God into it. He says, beware lest you say that. He said, you got to remember. Tell your neighbor, say, you got to remember. Moses says, you got to remember, it was the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Where would I be? He said, remember the Lord your God because it's him. It is he that gave you the power to get wealth. I want to start my message today with a confession and a testimony. Most of you know that I own a company that I purchased in the beginning of 2020. It is a most, I think most everybody knows that I perform uh, magic tricks, stage illusions, and sleight of hand professionally. I've done that for almost 30 years. Next August, will be 30 years. And in 2020, I purchased a company. It's a, it's a world-famous magic trick manufacturing company. It's a 50 year, almost 50 years old. We create magic tricks for magicians all around the world. It's a really neat thing. So... I bought that company in February of 2020, and I was so excited about how it was going to change life for my family because it's been a very successful business. Four weeks after I bought the company, the pandemic hit. How many of you know there weren't a lot of people in the world out doing magic shows during the pandemic? Entertainers were not going into schools. They were not going into churches and preschools and residential care facilities. They were not going to birthday parties, doing birthday party shows. Well, this is the existence of my company, is that these, these entertainers need props to do their show. Well, when they're sitting at home and can't perform and they have zero income, they ain't buying anything. So it's been really, really interesting navigating that pandemic. Now, our company supplies props to every magic trick store in the world. And so if you go to a shop in China, if you go to a shop in California, if you go to a shop in London, anywhere you go, they carry the props that we are making across the street right here. Most of those companies, most of them don't call us to get our products. They call a big distribution center that carries everything. That distribution center, they call us, and they say, we need 75 of this kind of uh, magic trick box. We need 100 of this magic trick uh, handkerchief. 
you know, something to make a rabbit appear or to make a bird appear or a, a box of candy or a card trick or wh- whatever it is. And so they call us and they order a whole bunch. And then the magic shops of the world call them. And then they, they go out to those places. So when they call us, the amount of money that they are sending for an order is rather substantial. As a matter of fact, for the most part, it would be about the price of our loan payment that I pay for the company. So a few years ago, right after I bought the company, I had said, we'll just call, we'll just call them Big Magic, okay? We'll call the, big, the distributor Big Magic. A few years ago, I said, oh, wow. Big Magic pays my loan payment every month. Perfect. Even though we're going through the pandemic, we got Big Magic over here. And I got to tell you, they're kind of a pain in the butt, all right? They've got everybody over a barrel because of their buying power. And you don't make as much off of your items when you sell to them because they're standing in the middle between me and the Magic Shop. I would love to sell direct to the shop, and we're trying to make that change. But anyway, they got to have their cut in the middle, but they order so much at a time that you can't hardly tell them no. So you're like, okay, you know, so you make that much off every item. So they're kind of a pain. But I got my loan payment coming in every month. And so over and over again, I would say, man, what a pain they are. But they're paying my loan payment. They're my loan payment. I would say this. Well, it got where they're supposed to pay on net 30. They're supposed to pay me within 30 days. Well, sometimes they pay 40, 50, 60, 70. They're taking way too long to pay. Now, you have to understand that I have a point with all this. You have to understand that dilemma that it puts me in. I'm the little guy. And whenever they order... I have to box up everything they ordered. Now I don't have it on my shelves if someone else tries to order. So I have spent the money paying paying my carpenter, paying my seamstress. Uh, I have spent the money buying the fabric and buying all, all these different things. So now my money is gone, sitting in boxes, and there's no money coming in to replace it. Now, I would send that to them and then wait for their payment. Now, before they would pay, they would order more stuff. And I would say to them, I would say, uh, hey, Big Magic, I can't send you your new order because I don't have any money. Do you know why I don't have any money, Big Magic? Because you haven't paid me for the last order, and now you're hassling me saying, hey, we need that stuff. But I can't make the new stuff until you send me the money for your old stuff, so really your problem is your own fault. Are you all following how this works? This has been a fight for four years and a really frustrating fight for somebody trying to navigate the strange waters of COVID-19. Uh, unnecessarily, which I might add, but that's for another time. 
So trying to navigate through this pandemic, this whole charade, this whole nonsense, and then your people won't pay you. It's been very, very difficult, very hard. So in late February of this year, they placed a big order. Oh, let me back up to November. November, I had an idea, but I was kind of scared. I wanted to say, little, little DJ's Magic Company, wanted to say to Great Big Magic Company, which drives around a 22,000-square-foot warehouse on forklifts, pulling down pallets of magic tricks from 20 foot in the air. This is how they operate. And so I wanted to say to them, you can't be on terms anymore. You have to pay first. But the little guy doesn't say that to the big guy. Like, who says that? And I thought, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So I told them, knowing I might lose them as a customer, and then I didn't know what I would do. So I say to them, Big Magic, I can't afford to have you on terms anymore. You have to prepay. They said, okay. Wow. They sent the money for the order. I thought, perfect, smooth sailing from here on out. Now, my loan payment will always be paid because Big Magic pays my loan payment. The next time they ordered... They didn't prepay. I thought, oh, here we are again. In late February, they placed a big order. And I thought, I'm not sending this till they pay. Now, if you've been in my shop across the street, you know that it is nine foot wide by 100 foot deep. It's very narrow. So I put their box there, waiting. They sent in another PO. I boxed it all up. And when I say I, I mean Lisa. Lisa boxed it all up. It's another box. They sent another PO. From February into June, uh, almost July, my shop is filling up, and I can't walk. And I'm out of money, and I'm out of props. And so I'm fighting with them back and forth. So in June, I'm walking my dog around my neighborhood. Now get ready, because somebody here is going to hear God today for your situation. I'm walking the dog, and I'm praying. And I said out of my mouth to the Lord what I have said to countless people over and over and over again. I said, Lord, I need your help. I need your direction. I need your wisdom. I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord, because, Lord, big magic pays my loan payment in bills. The moment I said it out of my mouth to the Lord, I got sick. I just told God Almighty, $35,000 miracle Jehovah Jireh, I just said to him that Big Magic, a company of human beings, is my provider. 
and that I couldn't make it without them. Do you hear me? I said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do because big magic pays my loan. I got sick to my stomach. My eyes filled with tears. I began to cry. I said, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. God, they do not pay my loan payment. God, you have been taking care of me long before I knew them. They did not answer my prayer when I prayed about whether or not to buy this company. They had nothing to do with whether or not a pandemic came. God, they are not my provider. I'm sorry. I repent. I will never again say that they pay my bills or anybody else. God, you are Jehovah Jireh. God, you alone are my provider. God, you can provide for me with or without big magic. When I said it, Something invisible happened in the heavenlies that I could not know because the floodgates opened and orders began to flood into our company. Orders began to come in like never. All of a sudden, when I put my faith in Jesus instead of man, when I took my, I had been leaning on human beings, when I leaned on the Lord instead, when I repented and turned it, the thing popped loose. That Saturday, all of a sudden, I don't remember if Lisa or I said it, but all of a sudden, the thought came, why had this never come before? Why don't we do a video of these big boxes sitting here explain to the magic trick community what's going on and see if they would like to buy some of this out and also tell on big magic, put them in their place that you can't strong arm the little guy. So we shot that video. Uh, the order sitting there, by the way, was over over a ten, over $10,000 worth of magic. In they had paid a small deposit in March and then never paid the rest. In less than 48 hours, we shot that video on a Saturday. By Monday morning, over $4,000 in retail sales had come in for the stuff in those boxes that I was going to have to sell at a wholesale on a wholesale and pulled us out of the hole and paid everything that we had to pay. That's amazing, right? The orders have not stopped. The orders keep coming in, and I can't explain it. I'm not doing anything different than I have done for the past four years, except that I said, God, I'm sorry. They are not my provider. You alone are my provider. 
and the blessing began to pour. It's amazing. So then I see this verse. Beware, lest you say in your heart that by your own power and by your own might that you have gotten what? Your wealth, your victory, uh, your great family, whatever it is. You must remember it's the Lord that gives you the power. That'll change somebody. How many times have we made the claim that our faith is in God? Yeah, my faith's in God. But we live leaning on humanity as our source. Sometimes we lean on some institution that exists. Some of us have leaned on our job, our place of employment. Or we simply lean on ourselves, trusting that we are making everything happen because we're so sharp and because we worked so hard and we know how to do it and we've done it. But then those times come when we get a reminder that none of that is worth trusting in, that none of it is sure, and the only thing sure is God himself. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. He said, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? But now look at this line, because this is not just for the Pharisees. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You need to start listening to yourself. We need to pay attention to what's coming out of our mouth, because whatever is coming out of our mouth is It's our our position. It's our default position. It's what we believe inside. I was not listening to myself. I had not noticed that I was repeating, big magic pays my bills every month. They're a pain in the butt, but they pay my bills. That was flowing out of my inside. I was trusting them. If I was not trusting them, it wouldn't have come out of my mouth. Start paying attention to what's coming out of your mouth because it will tell on your heart. What comes out of your mouth will reveal to you what's blocking your blessing. If you will start listening to yourself talk, you will discover what is standing in the way of your victory. We find that we have been trusting the resource instead of the source. Come on, somebody. We find that our faith has been in the thing God was using instead of being in God himself. Over and over again, we start trusting the people God is using instead of the God that's using the people. We trust the job that God gave us instead of the God that gave us the job. We trust the institution that God is blessing instead of the God that's blessing the institution. Thank God for the job. Thank God for the blessing. Thank God for the institution. But don't forget, God's the one that gave it to you, and he can take care of you with or without it. You say, oh, God gave me this job. Great. That means if you lose it today, that God is still the one taking care of you. 
If you can thank God for the job, you cannot freak out when the job was, is taken away. If you freak out when the job leaves, you didn't really have faith in God that he's the one gave it to you. Do you hear me today? Our faith has to be in him. Now, human beings love to boast of human beings. We love to boast of ourselves, and we like to boast of who we're connected to. You know, when we're, when we're in an event, we would prefer to be around certain people at the event, and then we get a picture with those certain people, and then we can name drop. Yeah, the other day I was, you know, whatever. We love it. Human beings love to boast of human beings. And it doesn't just count with jobs and money either. We love to boast of human beings when it comes to spiritual matters. We want to be associated with people, high profile, high profile people that God is using in a big way. We would love to rub shoulders with certain authors in certain ministers, or even just a pastor that we know. We want to align ourselves with those that we consider to have achieved something. We spend more time trying to connect with people that God is using than we do in building our relationship with God himself, which is the only reason those people are doing anything. But we love the human thing we can see more than the God that is performing it. Am I making sense? I think so many things are being answered inside of people right now. And it's age old. It's age old. Uh, oh, I forgot to put the scripture reference, but it's in the Corinthians where Paul is addressing the people and he says, you know, a lot of you are saying, oh, I'm of Paul. Oh, I'm of Apollos. Oh, I got saved through so-and-so's ministry. Well, you know, I received my blessing when uh, the Apostle Peter came to town. And they're running around. God is the one that saved them. God is the one that forgave. God is the one that blessed. God is the one that kept and preserved. God is the one that provided. But they love name dropping and saying, you know, I know Paul the Apostle. Well, you know, uh, Peter and me, we go way back. You know, John the Baptist, oh, yeah, I had dinner with him the day before he had his head cut off. I know John the Baptist. But aren't we the same way? Aren't we the same the way? We spend more time on that outward stuff than on the relationship with God that built that thing, that produced that thing. Many churches and denominations, without even realizing it, they put the pastor in a place that only belongs to the Lord himself. Have you ever been around a church where really the pastor was kind of a little king of a little kingdom? I'm not talking about not having respect for elders in the faith. I'm not talking about not uh, being submissive to, to those that Maybe they're further than us and we need their wisdom. I'm not, I'm not downplaying the different roles of, of teachers and pastors and people that do things in the church. I don't mean that. 
But what I'm saying is that many places it's way out of balance, and they've made pastors into like little gods or something. Many times without realizing it. So many times, now think about this, and think about it honestly. So many times people have more faith in their pastor's prayer than in their own prayer. They think that he can get something done that they can't. Now, I'm not telling you not to have your pastor pray. I am not telling you not to have your pastor to agree with you in prayer. But listen, your pastor does not have a special connection to God that's not available to you. Now, maybe, you know, I don't know those of you watching, and maybe somebody here, maybe this is not your home church, you may have a wonderful godly pastor, and he might be spending more time with Jesus than you are, and you need to build that relationship. But it's not because you don't have access. Do you hear me? They think the pastor has a connection with God that they can't have. They run to the pastor with things that they have not yet taken to the Lord. They listen to the pastor's sermons, but they don't open their Bible or talk to God throughout the week at home. People are not paying attention to the fact they are using their pastor as their link to God. Can I tell you, the priesthood has ended there are no more earthly priests. That doesn't exist anymore. I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor. The priesthood ended when Jesus Christ died on the cross. The Bible says now we have a high priest who has entered into the very presence of the Father. We have a high priest who is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And then he goes on to say, he says, now we only have one mediator between God and man. It is the man, the Lord Christ Jesus. Jesus is our priest. Jesus is our only go-between to the Father. People are not paying attention to the fact that they are using their pastor as their link to God. They are making their pastor their savior. Quiet in here. I'm not supposed to point you to me. I'm supposed to point you to Jesus. If I'm pointing you to me, I have failed you. If I am causing you to lean on me instead of the Lord, if I have only taught you to respond in altar calls, but not to get on your knees at home, I have failed. If I have taught you to listen to my sermons, but not open your Bible at home, I have failed. I have caused you to place your faith in the office of an earthly called servant of God, my position is a servant. I'm a co-laborer. I have a, I have a special gift to teach this, but I don't have a special gift to live this. Not a different one than you do. Amen? I'm not supposed to point you to me. I'm supposed to point him. I'm of Paul. 
I'm of Paulus. I go to the river. I'm a Baptist. Well, I'm a Catholic. I belong to the church of the Nath. I'm a deacon in the Methodist church. I'm non-denominational. Let's just do that. How about, and listen, there are great churches of all denominations. I've been in great churches of all kinds. The problem is not that. But how about, uh, I'm of Jesus. Jesus saved me. Jesus is keeping me. Jesus is providing for me. How about, I thank God for my Baptist church. I thank God for my Presbyterian church. I thank God, but I'm of Jesus. I'm with Jesus. How about that? If you want to lean on a pastor to have your relationship with God for you, you're in the wrong place today. But if you want somebody that will bring you to the foot of a blood-stained cross and leave you there, I am your guy because that's what I'm going to do. And some of you, it's easy. Some of you, i got to drag you. But I'm going to drag you to the foot of the cross, and then I'm going to leave you, and I'm going to go get somebody else, and I'm going to drag them to the foot of the cross. What have you put your boast in? Where is your boast? Mine was in Big Magic Company, and I didn't even know it. I had no idea I was doing it. You might be doing the same thing with an area of your life. I forget about money. I want you to think about all the different things we go through in life. I want you to figure out all the different types of, think about all the different types of help we need and who we go to to fix it. To fix it. I preached a funeral one day for this lady that had passed, and I didn't know the family. It was very sad because I get these calls more and more. Um, even in the last 10 years, I get them more than I ever got before that. But the last 10 to 20, you get these calls from the funeral home, and the funeral director says this, can you come and preach this funeral for this family? And this is the heartbreaking line. Because no one in this family has any connection to any church None of them know any pastor from any church of any kind. Would you come and speak? Now, years back, you would run into those situations where they said, hey, this family doesn't have a home church, but their grandma went to church and was, you know, uh, assembly of God, and so they have a connection to, they want that. It used to be that somebody in the family knew Jesus, but not anymore. Now it is nobody is for generations. Grandma and grandpa didn't go to church. Mom and dad didn't go to church. They didn't go to church. Kid gets killed in a car wreck. They got nobody. Uh, Pastor DJ, would you come and try to minister to this family? So you see that you see that over and over again. So I was preaching this funeral for this lady, and. Uh, and she was older. Like, she, she had lived a long life. And one of her daughters, at the end, you know, fell all over the casket, screaming, how will we ever go on? You were our rock. You fixed it. You this, you that. 
I thought, how sad. She had made her mom her savior. Now, you can be sad that your mom is gone. And I can tell you this. I don't want to think about the day. I just need my parents to be here forever, all right? I don't want to think about the day. But I can tell you this. When the day comes, I am not going to lose my whole life and everything fall apart because my mom taught me not to lean on her. She taught me to lean on Jesus and that no matter what happens, that he is there and that he's the one holding this whole thing together. What have you put your boast in? What in your life have you been treating as your provider, as your Lord, as your Savior? What have you been accustomed to saying is the thing that takes care of you and fixes it? What's your go-to? The moment we repent, the moment that we acknowledge, apologize, and turn is the moment that the clog is pulled out of the pipe that's been blocking your blessing. The moment we say, God, I'm sorry. I have had my faith in this instead of you. Boom. It'll be like liquid Drano. Come on. That looses living water and releases the flow of his blessing into our lives once again. Galatians 6.14, far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul said, the world's got nothing left for me. The world cannot provide for me. The world can't fix it for me. I can't boast in any of it. The only thing I can boast in is Jesus. Whether it is for righteousness, for resources, for relationship, or for rescue, let us look to Jesus and let us boast in him alone. I'll close with this. Singers, musicians, would you come? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter. He started it, he finishes it, of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's become aware of what we're leaning on in our life. It might be a spouse. It might be a parent. It might be a, a praying grandma. It might be a pastor. It might be an organization. It might be a job. Let's become aware of where the struggle is in our life, where is the struggle? Where is the thing that I'm not getting the victory? What am I trusting in that area? Where have I placed my faith? And let's get our faith out of that and back on Jesus. Has this helped anybody today? Would you give the Lord a mighty hand clap? Stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are, we are not going to stretch this out because those kiddos want to swim. I think it's important that we celebrate them and give them this uh, before they go back to school. If you're here today, 
Jesus himself said this. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again or you will not see the kingdom of heaven. I didn't say it. I mean, I did just now, but I didn't say it. No denomination said it. No religion said it. Jesus. Jesus himself. He said, if you don't get born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You will not see the kingdom of God. You must be born again. If you have never been born again, this is your moment. If we give you a river membership certificate, that won't save you. If I dunk you in our baptismal tank, that will not save you. You must be born again. How do you do it? The Bible said in Romans... If we believe with our heart, that's bigger than believing with your head. You know, the devil believes, but he's not saved. If we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, what's it mean? We come to him and we say, God, I'm a sinner. I recognize I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And Jesus, I believe you died on the cross in my place, and I believe you got up from the dead. Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Forgive me. Wash me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit and help me to turn away from, not just sin, help me to turn away from sin, but help me to turn away from trusting self. Repentance is not just what you turn from, Repentance is also what you turn to. The word repentance, it's a Greek word. When John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is in, it's a Greek word. It means it is metanoia. It means a complete turnabout in a change of mind. And it really focuses on a change of mind. Repent. Jesus, I used to trust my own goodness. I used to say, I'm all right. I'm an honest person. I'm all right. I do my best. I'm all right. I'm better than my neighbor. I never killed anybody. I never did this. I never did that. I pay my taxes. You, your faith is in you. Or maybe your faith was in your denomination. So what do you do? You turn away from that. You reject it. You say, God, I reject faith in self. Jesus, I put my faith in you. You alone are my Savior. You alone are my forgiveness. You alone are my righteousness. Wash me. Forgive me. Come in. The moment you do that, you're born again. The old spirit inside of you is traded out for a brand new spirit, which is clean, which is whole, which is holy. You can have that today. If you've never been born again, would you step out from where you are would you join me right now? I would love the honor of praying with you, leading you in a prayer as you receive Jesus as Savior. Would there be one? 
As you're watching at home, you can pray it right there. Just exactly what I just explained. Call on God right where you're at. Tell him all about it. You don't have to pray fancy. Just get real. Talk to him. Tell him all about it. And ask him to save you. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.